York Shung is a vascular surgeon. So surgery of the veins, the arteries, it's some pretty tricky stuff. Obviously a highly intelligent guy. And um, he's joining us. His name is on a petition that's been filed with the BC Supreme Court against Bonnie Henry. So let's talk to him. Dr. York Shung. Hi there. Kid, how are you? Your hair looks great. Great. Well, thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that the average person is not aware of. And apparently there is something that's a little bit exciting that's happening that you can fill us in on um, about a, a Supreme Court filing. I'll just let you dive into it and tell us what's sort of going on. I'd be happy to. What has happened most recently, that's uh, last Friday, is that um, there has been a petition filed in the BC Supreme Court on behalf of the, um, a group of doctors, nurses, and midwives um, to bring forward a judicial review of the um, provincial health officer's mandate, specifically the November 2022 mandate when she uh, said that all healthcare workers who worked in hospitals, this includes the doctors, the nurses, and the midwives, that they had to be vaccinated or they would be terminated. Now, uh, that's um, a long time ago, and that mandate was brought in during the Delta variant. Um, and so our petition is really to question the reasonableness of this ongoing mandate, which is still in effect. Now that Delta is no longer here, and it's the Omicron variant that is the most dominant one. So the effect of that mandate is that um, these uh, doctors, nurses, and midwives who chose to um, remain unvaccinated for a variety of reasons have all been out of work. Um, and so we're challenging the reasonableness of this. In other words, um, Dr. Bonnie Henry has said in her mandate that it was her belief that unvaccinated um, healthcare workers could transmit the virus. Uh, we have asked for um, freedom of inf information as to if this is valid. Um, to our knowledge, um, the, in response, um, there is no um, evidence that healthcare workers uh, who are unvaccinated uh, can infect staff or patients in hospitals. Um, uh, in addition to that, there has been no um, description of um, the value of natural immunity or even offering another possibility such as frequent testing. Uh, because kid, as you may recall, uh, before we had vaccines in 2020, everybody was working. All of these same healthcare workers, they were all working. And they were, you know, um, there were cases of outbreaks in hospitals, but almost always, um, I've, um, I've only heard of outbreaks occurring from the patients. I've never heard of a case where a healthcare worker actually infected a patient. That we were also celebrating. We were out with our pots and pans, banging away out our windows uh, and celebrating these people who were working so hard on the front lines, risking, you know, at that time, we didn't know how dangerous it was going to be. Correct. And, uh, Correct. But you're saying at that, at that time, the outbreaks were mostly happening with, with patients and not, not coming from the staff. Yeah, the, the outbreaks were uh, primarily in long-term care facilities. 
Um, and the small outbreaks that did occur in hospitals, at least um, the ones that I'm aware of, it came from the patients, not the staff. And so this is what we're, we're trying to um, address. Is this still reasonable to keep um, healthcare workers who were your heroes before on the sideline still? Um, even though you know there is a healthcare crisis in BC um, that is not being adequately addressed. Um, on top of that, um, these emergency powers that were brought in were only really meant to be temporary and under very extraneous circumstances, which I don't believe exists anymore. Mm. Um, the idea that healthcare uh, that um, unvaccinated um, workers could transmit um, Omicron has been um, basically proven not to be the case. There is uh, substantial uh, published literature as well as um, the uh, Medical Officer of Health for the BCH region has actually come out publicly and said um, that there is no difference between a vaccinated or an unvaccinated worker being able to transmit the infection any differently. So uh, because of Omicron, it is so infectious. The vaccines have not worked uh, to uh, prevent you from getting sick, and they certainly don't work in uh, preventing the transmission of it. Yeah, and there's been so many other bits of information that have come out, efficacy of the vaccines and the, the Pfizer papers. And it, yeah, it does seem like that maybe it's, we have some rules in place that don't really make any sense. I was also reading that the government was looking for uh, workers international, internationally to come over and become nurses in BC. That must also sting as well. Yeah, how can this make sense? Um, the, the doctors, um, nurses, and midwives who have not taken the vaccine for a variety of reasons, uh, they are not your typical recent graduate. These are highly seasoned, highly experienced healthcare workers. Um, and if you remove them, you can't replace them. Um, the idea that you can simply get a bunch of foreign workers who are equivalent to our highly experienced um, Canadian healthcare workers simply is not true. Um, and so the government has been talking about two aspects. One is to hire all these foreign workers. I, I don't think that's possible, only because there is a worldwide shortage of healthcare workers. And Canada is going to compete against everybody else in terms of trying to recruit these healthcare workers. And the government has been bending over backwards, you know, saying that they will support the application of these healthcare workers. I don't know. I presume that they're going to help them with their English if they need it. Um, they're going to help them to pass their Canadian equivalent examinations if they need it. And the other aspect of what the government has been talking about is ramping up um, training programs for nurses. Well, that's fine, but you're not going to see any real impact only because these new nursing graduates will not be able to go into the highly specialized nursing units, such as coronary care unit, operating room, recovery room, uh, ICU. That takes maybe about four to five years of nursing. You have to get your basic nursing, and then you go on to do these other specialized programs. And so to simply ramp up nursing schools and put out more graduate nurses is not going to address the shortfall that we have now. It's certainly not for a while. I mean, you're a highly intelligent guy. You're a surgeon. You're looking at all this in front of you. Why do you think Bonnie Henry has taken these steps 
it seems like incompetent. We're already in a healthcare crisis. That's when you need the nurses more than ever. What's your personal take on it? Well, I, I, I've never met her personally. Um, so uh, I, I don't know how she really thinks. I, I find this at the very beginning, because this was such um, a new event for all of us, you know, you, you give her some leeway, you know, she, she seemed to have a, a fairly non-threatening approach to it. But as it went on, um, especially um, to make um, yesterday's heroes, today's zeros, right? That did not make sense. You know, when you brought in vaccinations uh, that were prepared so quickly without really adequate study, and then saying that vaccines are the way to get us out of this problem and everyone has to get vaccinated um, without really um, taking a deep dive into what may happen in, in um, long-term development of the vaccines, doesn't seem to make, make a whole lot of sense. And now you, you, you're going to terminate your most valuable healthcare workers. It baffles me um, as to why they would do this and continue to, to do this. Uh, if they had evidence which they could show um, demonstrating that, yeah, um, unvaccinated healthcare workers are the cause of these problems, uh, then, you know, um, I would think, say, okay, well, then that's good rationale. But you have absolutely no evidence of this, and this is purely your opinion. It, it, it doesn't make sense. And now what's it called? It's called a, it's a it's petition, a, right? Petition for a judicial review. Okay, so, so this has been filed to the Supreme Court of BC. Correct. Your name is on it with a few others. Yes. It's sort of like you um, and you name you name Bonnie Henry as the, the person you are going against or however you put it in legal terms. And so what does this mean? This means that a group of of lawyers or, or judges will have to review what? What it means is that this is a petition for a judge um, to specifically review this case that we're bringing forward um, at the same time that they will also hear the government side and to determine um, if there is um, validity in the claims that we are making. How do you anticipate this going? Well, uh, I think that there's a range of possibilities. I think that um, the government um, may come out and actually um, say, yeah, um, you guys are right. You know, we, we're not gonna go through with this. I think because um, right now it's potentially embarrassing for the government. But at the same time, they may not. They may also say, "Well, we can't overturn this immediately, like today. Uh, so we're going to have to slowly roll this out." I, I think that's one scenario. Uh, but I expect that um, the government is going to have some pushback. Uh, we may not know what the pushback is. They may have a pushback saying, "Well, we will allow you to work, but we're." still going to go ahead with the other policy and the other policy is um, the revelation of vaccination status of healthcare workers are you aware of that i think maybe i misunderstood end up being that patients can look up to see if their doctor is vaccinated or not that is the potential nobody knows um, what the scenario will be um, and so right now the government has requested the various professional colleges to collect the vaccination status of their registrants. Um, and what, they, what the government plans to do with that um, is unknown. But it, it could be that the government may allow 
unvaccinated healthcare workers to come back with the under the certain conditions, such as with uh, frequent testing, or may allow them to come back. Just leave it up to patients to ask the physicians specifically, or or, or ask the nurses. Uh, I'm not quite sure which way this is going to go, but I suspect that the government won't just take this lying down. Uh, one of the things that was um, rather interesting was that you know when the mask mandates were lifted a, a while ago. Um, at the same time, she said uh, to both um, business owners as well as to um, uh, citizens, um, if you don't feel safe, continue to wear your mask. Um, or, you know, uh, for business owners, um, uh, if you want to maintain safety uh, of your um, staff as well as uh, who your, your, your clients come to see you, uh, maybe you should have some type of masking policy. And so, Right. In some way, you can still see that a lot of our populace, you know, they continue to wear masks. Uh, I, I think that's unfortunate because I think they, they all appear to be scared uh, when they wear their masks. But I think that um, Bonnie Henry is very effective in getting her message across. Uh, she still wants us to wear masks, wants us to be scared in this respect, but doesn't want the responsibility of saying you need to continue wearing your mask because I think that that will be difficult. Uh, for them to maintain. Yeah, it does seem interesting how after a certain period of having a message hammered into your head that even if you lift it, the citizens end up just sort of policing themselves, whether mm -hmm. it's through judgment or coming up with your own policies for your business. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, we still see people uh, riding their bike down the street alone right. with their mask on and I go, oh man, some things are not right <laughs> in the world today. <laughs> Oh, man. So how can we um, help with this? I mean, if this goes to Supreme Court, understanding that Supreme Court is very expensive, you are looking for, you know, freedom fighters to step up and, and contribute to a, a pot that can be used. Um, tell us about that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you know, for the physicians whom this most uh, affects, um, we, we've been out of work for about um, eight months. Um, and so... Um, we're not working any other jobs. Um, and so we have um, um, incorporated a society. Our website is cssem.org. And there is a, a donation uh, portal, um, which will give you information about um, transferring money for ongoing uh, issues like this, uh, either by e-transfer or by check. And this is a really, to be blunt, a stupid question. But we're talking so much about the nurses, but there are there a lot of doctors? There, there are, in fact, not many doctors and not many nurses. In fact, um, I would say there's probably only about 2% of doctors who are unvaccinated. This may be about uh, 2 to 5% of nurses. Bonnie Henry was supposed to re release that aggregate data. She didn't release it for the nurses, and so that's my estimate. Uh, hmm. But collectively, for all of the professional groups, you're talking about, um, so there are 14 professional colleges from the dentists, doctors, nurses, chiropractors, massage therapists, uh, psychologists, traditional Chinese medicine doctors, physios, occupational therapists, you know, the list goes on. Uh, of all those groups, there's about um, 90, 95,000 professionals. Wow more effective okay so 90 to ninety-five thousand. correct and so the doctors on the whole are not that many and so it's estimated that maybe um two to three hundred only there are fourteen thousand doctors in bc mm -hmm. 
it must be very difficult for these practices that uh, do a lot of a natural healing, like, uh, you know, traditional Chinese medicine. Um, that would be, yeah, if you're all about being completely natural and doing it the old school way that's been used for, right. you know, thousands of years, it would be very difficult to, if that's against one of your core principles, to roll up your sleeve and and get big pharma up in there. I can see that being a real challenge. Uh, it is, yeah. Well, this is exciting news. It's nice to know that there are people not just rolling over and taking it, but going through the painstaking process of putting together, I'm sure it's not easy to put together a, a petition for the BC Supreme Court. That's uh, correct. It's, it's, it's 40 pages. <laughs> yes. It, it's not easy to do that, but I think that it's, it's definitely not easy, um, especially if you're the sole breadwinner in your family, uh, to put your principles ahead of your family in this case. You know, if you have mortgages to pay and you're going to take unemployment, um, as an alternative, um, because your conscience tells you that this is wrong. Uh, I think that's very notable um, that you're, you're willing to risk everything. Do you find it uh, bizarre, like personally, that so many people wouldn't understand the hesitancy to take a, a kind of a new vaccine? Well, I think one of the real disappointments um, in this kid is that, um, you know, I, I've been a vascular surgeon for 32 years, uh, but I'm also a professor of vascular surgery. I've, I've been a full professor for 20 years. Um, and during that time, I've um, taught a lot of um, students and residents um, and one of the things I taught, because I have extra training in this area called clinical epidemiology and biostatistics, is I taught them critical appraisal of literature. And what disappoints me the most is that all this teaching, I feel, is a failure. It's a failure for um, physicians who have received critical appraisal education that they cannot properly appraise the literature. In other words, all of these published articles were there from the beginning, and it's, it's almost like a house of cards, in my opinion, because the original articles are flawed, and if everything is built on the original articles... When you say original articles, what, what do you mean? The original article released by Pfizer in the New England Journal of Medicine in December 2020, that is a flawed article. It has, had, has been heavily criticized not just by myself, but a number of people, including the British Medical Journal, the oldest journal in the UK, have criticized that there's been a whistleblower um, who, that was in, actually involved in their clinical trials, saying a lot of the data is not correct. And so there are many, many problems with that study. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the vast, vast majority of physicians have accepted this study as being what it is. And now you probably have heard all that stuff about the Pfizer data dump. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is just a continuation of the fact that the, the, that trial is very flawed. Um, and so if all your public health practices are really based on that study, as well as the other studies. And now you're just layering on top. Your policies are just being layered on top. But in fact, your foundation is not stable because you have a flawed study at the bottom. Mm. I think that's been one of my, my biggest disappointments in the whole thing, in that um, all of what I thought was good education for young doctors has been proven not to be true. Because I think that if the education truly was effective, they would have reviewed the articles much more thoroughly. 
And it's also not normal that a, a pharmacy company would want to hide the data and say, we'll release it in 60, 70 years. Oh, that's, um, it's, uh, I don't think it's, it's just one of these things. Uh, another one of these never happened before, but yeah. Um, I mean, I hope that some people are watching this interview so you could see the look on Dr. Shung's face. Uh, when I said, is this a usual thing? <laughs> You're like, uh, yeah, I'd never heard of that before either. 70 years. It's crazy. I, I'd love to just get your, your take quickly. Um, your overall feeling about those Pfizer dumps. When they released that data, I had anticipated that um, there would be a lot of complications, not necessarily in very high frequencies, but if you add it all up, it's actually um, quite worrying because this is brand new technology, mRNA vaccines. Um, mRNA um, uh, treatments was really used as kind of like cancer treatments. They've tried for a number of years, have never been successful. Um, and then to apply it to in this fashion and have it rolled out, it's kind of strange because it's had it rolled out so quickly after the identification of the virus as if it was on the shelf. Um, and then they were able to do that, but have a clinical trial result within half a year, but with only two months follow-up. And then everyone's expectation was that, well, if it's, if it's no safety concern after two months, it's got to be good. But at the same time, when they actually released the, the data, there were safety concerns. Um, and you could see why they wanted to hide it for 70 years. I read something else that said, the more jabs that you have, the more in trouble you are if a new variant comes out. Yeah, I, I think that's very true. And, you know, and here I'm not speaking from much knowledge because you know I'm a surgeon, uh, but li listening to different podcasts as well as uh, reading the published literature, at the very beginning in 2020, there were some um, vaccinologists around the world that would actually speak out and, and say that the last thing you want to do is vaccinate in the middle of a pandemic, and you never do that, uh, and which makes sense that you vaccinate after the pandemic is over as prevention for the next one. Um, because now you're in a situation where you have developed a vaccine against the very first variant, if you like, um, and you have not developed any new vaccines, and you're continuing to vaccinate against the original, but your vaccine is so specific. Um, and these variants, they're really not that um, similar to the original. And so why would you do something like that? It, it would make no sense whatsoever. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, if you consider the amount of money that the government has spent um, in dealing with this, primarily in by purchasing the vaccines, um, they could have spent a little bit of money um, to look at um, things like natural immunity. There's a lot of, a lot of different ways they could have done it specifically with regarding the healthcare workers, because we were working in 2020 at a time without um, vaccines, probably all of us were exposed to it. Um, I, I uh, have natural immunity from it because I've been tested. And I would have thought that probably um, all, the, all the healthcare workers actually have natural immunity. Um, maybe what they should have done was in fact, test them all specifically because um, that um, would have been a more logical step. So this is now filed with the BC Supreme Court. 
this petition. Right. Is there any timeline on when you can expect that they will read it? The government has 21 days. And it was filed just this week? Uh, Friday of last week. Friday of last week. Awesome. Okay, we're counting down. And also, I believe um, you can get more information at freedomtochoose.ca if you want to um, follow up on the story. And you can actually go there. And on the homepage, you can read the petition for yourself, all 40 pages of it. It's some interesting reading. But thank you, doctor. Really appreciate your time today.